Let's pray. Good morning, Lord. We thank you for gathering us this day. We thank you for bringing us together. We thank you for this opportunity to worship here or online. We thank you that you've given us this season of Advent to prepare our hearts for you. And may we, as we gather this morning, may this word, may this place, may this time together draw us closer to you and to one another. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. On this third Sunday in Advent, the theme for this Sunday is joy. Webster tells us that joy is a feeling of great happiness, a source of or cause of great happiness, the emotion evoked by well-being, success, and so forth. Thomas Jefferson, in the Declaration of Independence, says that we have the right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. It's interesting that Jefferson does not say we have the right to happiness, but we have the right to pursue it. And we are good at pursuing happiness. In the clothes we wear, the food we eat, the vacations we take, the friends we make, the career we have, the house we live in, the cars we drive. In Christian circles, in Christian circles, we pursue happiness, we pursue joy. Can I have the next slide, please? There we go. All right. That's good. My notes probably weren't, it's not their fault, it's my fault. My notes probably weren't that good. Marcia and I host a small group Bible study, and the topic of the study for this year is How Happiness Happens. Kind of a quirky title. But the subtitle has a lot of meaning for me. Finding lasting joy in a world of comparison, disappointment, and unmet expectations. Finding joy in a world that wants to just squeeze the joy out of you. The question then is, can we find joy? And maybe the bigger question is, did God intend for us to have a joy-filled life? Well, we start in Genesis. There we go. And in Genesis, after God kicks Adam and Eve out of the garden, he tells Adam, Cursed is the ground because of you. In toil you shall eat of it all the days of your life. Both thorns and thistles it shall grow for you. Whoa. Not a lot of joy in that statement, is there? And when we look at the characters in Scripture, we see Moses leading the people of Israel for 40 years through the wilderness. Would you want that job? Not a lot of joy there. And how about the prophets? They were kicked out of town, shunned, murdered. If you were looking for joy in your life, would you apply to be a prophet? Would you want their job? And then, and then we have our main man here, the Apostle Paul. Now there's a good life to look forward to. Five times I received from the Jews the 40 lashes minus one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was pelted with stones. Three times I was shipwrecked. I spent a night and a day in the open sea. I have been constantly on the move. 
I have been in danger from rivers, in danger from bandits, in danger from my fellow Jews, in danger from Gentiles, in danger in the city, in danger in the country, in danger at sea, and in danger from false believers. If you are looking for joy, if you are looking for a joy-filled life, would you trade places with Paul? So we go back to the question. Is it possible to have a joy-filled life? Maybe all we can hope for is a little joy here, and a little joy there, and a little joy there. And in between, there's just a lot of no joy. Well, we go to a great story in Scripture in the New Testament. Christ has sent out his 72 disciples as an advance party. They're supposed to let the world know that he's coming. And this is what Luke records. The 72 returned with joy and saying, note that, with joy, Lord, even the de demons are subject to us in your name. And he said to them, I was watching Satan fall from heaven like lightning. Behold, I have given you authority to tread upon serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall injure you. Now hear these words. Nevertheless, do not rejoice in this, that spirits are subject to you, but rejoice that your names are recorded in heaven. Can you imagine the reaction of the 72 disciples? They're ready to party. They're ready to celebrate. And Christ says to them, whoa, slow down. Slow down. Back the parade up. The joy that you're experiencing today, life will squeeze it out of you tomorrow. The memory of this event will fade. And life will squeeze the joy that you're experiencing today right out of you. But here's where you find joy. In me. Look longer. Look bigger. Look eternal. And where do you find joy? Rejoice that your names are recorded in heaven. Rejoice that God has written your name in the book of life. Rejoice you are going to heaven. And that's a fact that does not depend upon an event out there or a person here. It's all dependent on me. It's what I, Jesus Christ, am doing for you. Not what you're doing for you or somebody else is doing for you. It's what I am doing for you. In our lives, there are many joyful events. The birth of a child. We get that job we've been looking for for a long time. You hear those sweet words, you are cancer free. You're a Detroit Lions fan and your team won last week. <laughs> Maybe you've been praying for somebody for a long time to become a Christian and they've turned their lives over to Christ. Or maybe it's your kids. Your kids are doing well in school, they're growing up, they're maturing as adults, and one day you rejoice because they get a job. They move out of the house. The job has benefits, and they don't move back. Yes, yes, and yes. 
we rejoice. There are many things in which we rejoice. But what Christ is telling us and telling his disciples is, folks, that's all good, all wonderful. Celebrate those things. Take pictures. Maybe you celebrate an anniversary or two of that event. But life squeezes those events, those joys, those memories out of our lives. And he says to you and to me, rejoice. Your name is written in heaven. Your name is written in the book of life. You are going to spend eternity with the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the creator of the universe. Can we have a joyful life? Well, let's look at Paul. Let's go back to Paul for just a second. Let's just go back to Paul for just a yeah, Hang in there with Paul for just a second. John MacArthur, in a Bible study on Philippians, a letter written by Paul from prison, writes this. How did Paul find joy in prison? He didn't. He took his joy in Christ into jail with him. Therefore, joy was his continual, continual companion. Paul doesn't find joy in prison, but Paul takes joy with him in, to prison. He takes the joy of knowing that God loves him, that Christ has redeemed him, that his name is written in the book of life. He is going to heaven. And that is the joy that he shares with those around him and in the letters that he writes. There are many times in our lives that are very difficult. We don't find joy in that event. At least I don't. But what God enables me to do and you to do is to take the joy of God's love, the joy of being redeemed, the joy of knowing you're going to heaven with you into that event and then sharing that joy with others. During this Advent season, we are going to see many nativity scenes. If God, were to ask, if God were to ask you, everybody else, what do you see in that scene? What do you see? Well, some people would look at it and say, well, I see a stable, eh, a young couple, not quite sure what's in the manger there, maybe a young child. What do you see? By God's grace, we see the words of the angel. The angel that proclaimed this good news to the disciples. There we go. There we go. And these are the good words that we see in the stable. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. By God's grace, that is what we see. Again, take another look at the nativity scene. What do you see? Like a lot of the world, we see a young couple, we see a stable, a newborn. But by God's grace, we see a Savior who is Christ the Lord. We see someone who has redeemed us. We see someone who has written our name in the book of life. You are going to heaven. 
You are going to spend eternity with the Lord of Lords, the King of Kings, the creator of the universe. And that is the joy that we rest on. That is the joy that's the foundation for our lives. Folks, as we leave here this day, please take these words with you. Rejoice that your names are recorded in heaven. Your names are written in the book of life. You are going to heaven. May God grant us the eyes to see, the ears to hear, and the heart to receive these words. Amen. And now, hear those words from Jude. Unto him who was able to keep you from falling, unto him who was able to lift you up and present you faultless and blameless before his throne, unto him be all honor and glory, power and might, now and forever. Amen.